1: hoop ball podcast listeners are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for hoop ball do you have aspirations of covering a team are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones we've got good news Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing Team Hoopball at hoopdashball dot com. The following is a Hoopball presentation. I'm gonna spare you guys, but surprise. Welcome back. It's the Hootball Lakers podcast with your main man, Ethan Noroff. And if you can't remember me, because it's been so long since the NBA took a took a hiatus, now we're back in action, and I'm a name to remember, just like this podcast. We're here on the Hootball Lakers podcast. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Hootball Lakers, part of the Hoopball Family Network, at Hootball Tweets, at Hootball Fantasy. You can find me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Norhoff, and I am Very, very, very happy to say that the NBA is coming back. By the time that you listen to this podcast, we will have a ratified plan to return to action. The Lakers will finally have a season again, and we can start talking about a potential championship. But before we get into all of that, I just want to say one thing. There are obviously much, much greater circumstances happening in our world right now beyond basketball. So we are all very excited that basketball is back but it will not be an excuse to ignore what is happening in this world. I, for one, am very grateful, very honored, very humbled to root for a league that is led by a dedicated commissioner who communicates with perspective, who acts with purpose, who listens to understand and not just to respond, and is really at the forefront of making sure that his players... The league and the well-being of the culture is always prioritized. Because where's Rob Manfred right now as baseball can't get its act together? Where is Roger Goodell right now besides hiding behind the shield of the NFL? And if you know the name Gary Bettman, well, we don't even have to say much more than that. That name speaks for itself. But I am very grateful that we can all be involved in this league, even as fans. And to root for a league that is at the forefront of social Advocacy that has players, key, influential players, superstar, Hall of Fame players, who use their voice in a positive way to impact positive change and who are unafraid to change the status quo. We have to embrace these difficult conversations. We have to look ourselves in the mirror and examine what our role or roles is or are in these patterns. There is a systemic oppression of the black community that has continued for too long. And I myself, as a white man, will never ever know what it is like to be a person of color. I will never speak as if I have had that experience or will have that experience. So what my role is, is to sit here and to listen, to educate, to spread awareness, to amplify the voices in the black community that are desperate to be heard. It was not an unfortunate loss in the black community. It was a cold-blooded murder. Let's call it what it is, okay? As you could tell, this topic fires me up and it should fire you up too because this has been going on for too long and too many people continue to sit on the sidelines and say, well, it doesn't affect my life, so, eh, I'll root from the sidelines. It's garbage, it's absolutely garbage. All right, and in terms of the Lakers, we're fortunate enough to root for a team and for a player in LeBron James who has no problem making sure that he's heard, who uses his tremendous platform, his tremendous purpose, and a tremendous opportunity to spread awareness and education. It is very, very, very refreshing to root for somebody who uses their platform to spread a positive purpose to impact real change. And now in what has felt like months of waiting, because that's what it has been. It's really felt like years of waiting, right? We finally know that by the time you listen to this podcast, the NBA will be back in action. Okay. And if you're just sort of waking up going, what? Let me break it down for you. All right. Shout out to my guys over at Hoops Rumors. They do an excellent job of aggregating data, news, breaking down key points. They've created a little cheat sheet here that I'm going to use to educate all of you. Okay. so once the NBA's plan to return to play is officially approved, the target date for the resumption of the season is going to be July 31st. And if you're sitting there saying, well, it's the first week of June, that still feels like forever from now. Remember, it's going to come quick. Okay. summer months always fly by. So it's going to come quick, especially if we have a training camp two to three weeks before the season starts and we start getting some actual basketball news. It'll come a lot faster than you think. So we're going to have a bubble city, okay? The plan is for all the games to be played at Walt Disney World in Florida, okay? They're going to all be in this giant bubble. They're all going to be a bunch of bubble boys, so to speak, okay? There are 22 teams that are going to return to participate. And you might be sitting there saying, well, 22, aren't there? 30 teams. How'd they come up with 22? Well, here's exactly how. You take the 16 that are currently in playoff positioning. Of course, the Los Angeles Lakers sitting at the very, very top of that Western bracket. And then you have six additional teams. And the reason that these six additional teams are being invited is because they're within six games of a playoff spot. Those six teams of the six, five of them, five of them are in the Western Conference. That's Portland, it's New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. The sixth one is the only Eastern Conference team, and believe it or not, in a season that felt like everything has gone wrong for them, it's the Washington Wizards. Okay? So that tells you all you need to know about the Eastern Conference bracket, but that's a joke we'll save for another day. Okay? So for the teams that are not in that mix, that's the Hornets, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Hawks, the Cavs, the Wolves, and the Warriors, don't sleep on that last team, the Warriors. They won't be a part of this. They're done. Their seasons are over. Okay. They're done. Done playing. Bye-bye. And the reason for this is because by isolating 22 teams instead of 30, of course, you're in theory, reducing the overall risk in terms of the spread of COVID-19, right? The 22 team format does two things for us. It allows To play a regular season schedule rather than jumping directly to the postseason, which has been, you know, something that a lot of teams have had reservations about. And I think it's important that there is a regular season sort of reset before the postseason begins. And two, it allows the NBA to experiment to experiment with a play in tournament. And we'll get to that in just a second. And I'll add a third reason. The third reason we all know what it is, right? It's money. Okay, the difference between going straight to the postseason with sixteen teams versus finishing out the season with twenty two is hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Don't sleep on that. Okay, money is always a factor. To sit here and say, "Oh, it's not about the money; it's about the safety." Bullshit. Okay, it's about both. So don't get that twisted. As we move forward with this play in tournament, here's here's the very interesting thing that's going to happen. Right. So teams are going to play eight regular season contests, okay, between July 31st and whenever the playoffs start in August. So it's going to be a short window before the playoffs begin, okay? And the top eight seeds, because of this play-in tournament, don't necessarily make the playoffs, right? This really impacts the eight seed. So how the play-in tournament works is that it'll be a best of three series with the number eight team getting to a 1-0 lead to start. In other words, the number nine team will have to beat the number eight seed twice to claim the final spot, while the number eight team would only have to win once. And if you're thinking, wow, that feels like a lot of effort. It's kind of gimmicky. What's the deal? Well, it is kind of gimmicky, but it keeps people involved in a season where we've been away from it for a long time. And two, it does allow the league to sort of test out this format that a lot of fans have expressed at least some level of interest in sort of seeing, right? So it's a little gimmicky, yes. Yes. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as a result. Okay, so you look at the, the the brackets right now and you say, well, in the eight seeds, you're looking at Memphis and you're looking at Orlando. Okay, Orlando's not a playoff team to start with, right? But then you also have the Brooklyn Nets hanging around the seventh seed. You have the Dallas Mavericks hanging around the seventh seed. So it's really probably impacting the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Nets, right? Everyone else seems pretty more or less locked in. So we're saying, oh, why can't they just jump straight to the playoffs? Well, here's the thing. If you're a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, now you've been way better than people expected all season long, right? But do you have the mental wherewithal, the strength to keep moving forward when you've got guys like Damian Lillard behind you? When you've got a Pelicans team with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram? When you've got a Spurs team that has the experience of Greg Popovich, that has DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, who have been there before? Now, everybody's been off for a long time, Lakers included, obviously. But these younger teams don't have those those mental sort of cues. They haven't been in those situations. They have only imagined those situations. So I think that's where it's going to get very interesting to see. Okay? And that's that's really where we're at. So basically, we're going to see eight regular season games, and then we're going to start up. Okay? That's how it's going to go. If you're the Lakers, right, there's no indication – whatsoever that teams are going to be reseeded so you're still playing for that top spot you still have something to show so if you're thinking that oh you know what lebron should sit on the sidelines and you know maybe he just uh rests up for the playoffs well there's still plenty in play here okay still plenty in play so these guys have had a long time to sort of sit on the sidelines and now it's everybody all in okay it's the way it has to be Some of the more specific sort of nitty-gritty is that players will be required to shower in their hotels instead of at the arena. Inactive players sit in the stands instead of on the bench to space things out because obviously there's no fans. Players can't bring guests into the bubble until the postseason begins. Players and coaches will be allowed to golf and eat. Thank God, right, what we do without golf. Ugh, God, I would rather watch flies go at it than go out on a golf course, okay? Nothing is more boring to me, but a lot of people love it but they'll have to maintain their social distancing, the physical distancing. No employees at the Disney Resort will be allowed into players' rooms and hallways will be managed. And players and players and others will likely be allowed to leave the bubble, quote-unquote, and will be tested upon returning. So it's sort of a semi-bubble. Still a little a bit of uh, not quite clear as to what's going to happen. And if you're wondering, well, what happens if another player tests positive, the league isn't going to stop. The player will be required to self-quarantine and his teammates will be tested continuously as they play. But but it's not going to stop. It's going to continue going. Okay. So that's a big thing to be conscious of. The season could end as late as October 12th, right? And we're looking at potentially a Christmas start date for the 2020-21 season. Might even be just the 2021 season. Who knows? We don't even know what it'll look like, right? We don't even know what it'll look like. So once we get going again, it's going to be a series of games. Playoff games, the draft, free agency, and then we're going to be right back into another season. So there's some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the NBA, right? Still a lot left to be determined, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you're looking at in terms of scheduling, you're going, okay, great. The Lakers have eight regular season games left. Who do they play before the playoffs begin? That's a good question, right? It's a great question because what happens in the event that on the Lakers schedule, They are playing one of those teams that isn't playing anymore. Their season is over, right? So if you look at, based on the Lakers schedule, where the Lakers left off, they have games versus Houston, versus Denver, two against Utah. So that's already four teams. You know we're going to be there, right? That's the first four. Then you've got games, or you had games, against Charlotte and Detroit. Those are going to be scrapped. The next game after that would be against Toronto. The next game after that would have been against Cleveland, but that's going to get scrapped. Then it's Washington. Minnesota is no longer in the mix. So then it's the Pacers and the Kings. So Houston, Denver, Utah twice is four. Toronto is five. Washington is six. The Pacers are seven. And the Kings are eighth. Okay? That's the Lakers schedule going forward. So those first four games, they're they're going to be challenging, right? It's the Rockets, it's the Nuggets, and the Jazz twice. Think there's going to be a little bit of trepidation when the Lakers play the Jazz, given that Rudy Gobert's positive test shut down the whole league? Yeah, I I would think so, right? There's going to be a little bit of trepidation. And I'm going to be interested to see how teams sort of come out to play what the style of play is like, what it looks like. Are guys scared to defend as closely? Is it going to be more casual? Because if it's out here reminiscent of the All-Star game, it's going to be a watered-down product. Now, depending upon who you talk to, everybody has some level of concern, but ultimately the goal is the same. We want to see basketball. Some basketball is better than no basketball. I think that's a general consensus at this point, right? My question is, if you're any of these players... From these teams who are going back into this bubble to play. And you yourself are a high risk player, or you have uh, family members, right? Now, granted, you're in a bubble, but you have family members, or you're living in an immunocompromised home. Are you hesitant? Are you worried? Is there any potential for you to sit down? So, at, as much clarity as this proposed plan offers, there are still definitely questions within it. Okay, now let's bring this back to the Lakers. Okay, let's bring it back to the Lakers. The Lakers, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch them for a couple reasons. One is because just a few days ago, I said to a buddy, I said, hey, remember Deion Waiters and Markeith Morris are on the Lakers? And he goes, holy shit, I totally forgot. Right? So there are pieces of this Lakers team we have not yet seen. And so that is very interesting. I'm curious to see how or if they'll be integrated. Frankly, from a personal perspective, I'm interested in seeing Alex Caruso. No, it's only a joke, okay? We love the AC unit, but of course I want to see LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the same court. That's what it has been about this entire Lakers season, right? It's been been about seeing those two guys on the court together, balling out together and moving forward as teammates in what I would call, when they're operating at maximum capacity, the NBA's most deadliest one-two punch, okay? The NBA's deadliest one-two punch. That's the reality of it. So if you're the Lakers, any lingering injuries should have subsided by now. Any lingering concerns should have subsided by now. And any uh, ability to, to come together, right? I mean, the Lakers were gelling before this all happened. The Lakers were arguably playing some of their best basketball of the season, just before the Lakers lost to the Nets, before the season started, the Lakers had beat the Clippers, the Bucks, the Sixers, and uh, New Orleans with Zion. That was at New Orleans, which is why I bring that up. Okay, and obviously with Anthony Anthony Davis, you always know those New Orleans games are going to mean something. Okay, so the Lakers have been playing arguably one of their best stretches of basketball of the season. In fact, from February eighth to the time the season stopped. That was March 10th, was the Lakers' last game. Lakers lost two games over that whole stretch in a month. Two games. So can the Lakers just pick back up and keep going? Or will it take some time? That's a question that I have, right? There is not really an opportunity for load management, quote unquote, at this point. So does that mean LeBron plays 35 minutes a night? Does that mean Anthony Davis plays 35 minutes a night? How's Anthony Davis' shoulder, by the way? Is that still a concern? right? So all of these little things add up to being the big thing. And I think the the question for the Lakers, one of them anyway, remains the same. Can the Lakers come out and find that third player who on any given night can help support the load that LeBron and AD are shouldering? Right. That's really one of the biggest questions. Now, before the season started, everybody sat here and said that's gonna be Kyle Kuzma. Well, guess what? It is not Kyle Kuzma. It hasn't been Kyle Kuzma. Okay. We've seen him struggle to adjust to that bench role, And that's a topic for a different show. And we've covered that to a certain extent as well. Right. But this is more about who can the Lakers rely on to, to kind of step up in the moment where they need to step up. Now, Danny Green has plenty of playoff experience, right? But you're going to ask him to do a lot defensively, so you're going to ask him just to basically make his threes when he's on offense, right? And if you're the Lakers, who can you sort of call on, quote-unquote, to answer the bell? I don't think there is going to be one guy. I think you're going to have to get contributions from guys like Keith Morris. I think you're going to have to get steady contributions off your bench from guys like Caruso or Rondo or whoever's coming off the bench. And I think more than anything, you're going to have to really, you know, sort of play a a style of basketball that doesn't necessarily look the same from game to game, okay? It's going to have to switch up ever so slightly based on the opponent. You can't say we're going to play like this no matter what, because all of these teams present different challenges, right? And all these teams present different playing styles, and it's really, really important for the Lakers to be able to adjust accordingly. That's what great teams do, okay? They, they adjust accordingly, and then they beat you accordingly, for lack of a better way to say it, okay? It's not just, we're going to come in here, we're going to do what we're going to do no matter what. You have to have that flexibility in order to maneuver properly. Now, don't get that confused, because I've sat here on the same show and said, look, one of the biggest criticisms I have of the Lakers is that too often they play the style of basketball that their opponent wants to play. That's not what I'm sitting here saying that they should do. What I'm saying is based on the style of basketball that their opponent plays, the Lakers have to be able to adjust as necessary. If there are no adjustments required, fantastic. But when there are adjustments required, it is imperative, and I mean imperative, that the Lakers make those adjustments and then continue to play to their strengths. Lakers aren't a team that's going to get up and down in in a quick-footed, run-and-gun style of basketball with any sort of level of sustainability, okay? Lakers can execute in the half court. I'd like to see more of that, personally. That would not be the worst thing in the world. It would also help to maybe preserve LeBron, maybe help slow down for Anthony Davis a little bit. Because assuming the Lakers are going to be playing into October, and that's what we all sit here and assume, right? Okay, Assuming the Lakers are going to be playing into October, it's gonna be a long stretch about August, September, October, it's another two and a half months. and really three or three and a half months if you include training camp. So this season will have literally gone on for a year, okay? Literally for one year. Some people have sat here and said, oh, what's the what's the point? Cancel the season anyway, there's an asterisk on the championship, this, that the other. I don't feel that way. I don't, in fact, there's an argument to be made that to win a championship in this particular season, it actually requires greater concentration, greater emphasis, greater attention to detail, right? Because it requires greater resiliency. This isn't just, you know, basketball had a problem, so the league shut down. This was so much bigger than that. And now, right, now it's, it's of course, these, these implementations and this style of play this is being implemented because of COVID-19 and the coronavirus, right? But really now, societally, with the murder of George Floyd, many of these players are going to be having a lot on their minds. And I'm going to be curious to see how that plays out. Is it, is it weight, Right? I don't know that it's, that it's weight. I think it's more like in terms of interviews, right? What will that look like? Will the questions be about basketball? Should they be about basketball? Should they be about health and safety? Should they be about social justice issues? Maybe they're about all three. One of the things that really irks me is when a reporter asks a style of question that does not require any level of access to the athlete that anybody could ask and find the answer to, right? Ask the questions that prompt good responses. Ask the questions that require relationships and ask the questions that, that prompt thoughtful responses. There's nothing worse than when a reporter says, hey, LeBron, talk about your game that you just had. If I were LeBron, I'd sit there, you, you just watched it, right? What did you think? That's not a question, man. Ask deeper questions, prompt conversations that engage critical thinking. Fans are smarter than the league gives them credit for sometimes, or the the press gives them credit for, or really just people give them credit for. If you're you're watching the NBA, if you're consuming this, this isn't just about basketball. It's about the entire matrix of the league, and it's about so much more than that. So I think that's something to, to really strongly consider if you're on that side of things. I know for me, I'm just really excited to have basketball coming back. At the end of the day, I really am just excited to have basketball coming back. Because I've missed it. Like all of us, I've missed it, right? At the the end of the day, instead of turning on a, a playoff game to watch or a finals game to watch, right? Should be like right around now, we should be getting ready for the NBA finals. Instead, it's another rerun, right? It's hard because people who don't engage in the sports world, they say it's just sports, right? You can live without it. It is a lifestyle, right? It's like people who come home to to watch The Bachelor, right? Whatever. It's a lifestyle that you engage in. So when there's an absence of it, you miss it. And I get that. We're all here because we want to consume basketball. We enjoy seeing the best athletes in the world go head to head. Do I have questions about the plan? Sure. Everybody has questions about the plan, right? I work in a school, You think people don't have questions? You think I'm not used to questions? Come on, man. If I got paid for every question I got, I'd be a millionaire and retire five years ago. Right? It's about having solutions or potential solutions when those questions or issues arise. And if they're not on hand, thinking critically about the situation and being able to pivot accordingly or to plan accordingly, I think it's very important, right? Critical thinking is very difficult and that's why most people avoid it. Most people would rather just consume content, repeat it, rinse and repeat, never have to think for yourself, boy, bye. That shit is boring. If you want to be an active mind and active fan, you need to think for yourself. Think on a deeper level than just what's presented to you. And this goes for basketball, this goes for social and racial equality, systemic oppression, or pretty much any other topic. Be able to think critically. Consider where you consume information from, how you digest it, and what comes back out of you doesn't have to be what came out of somebody else. In fact, it should be your own original thought. That's really important to consider. As for Lakers, I'm just going to tell you, of course, I'm excited for the whole team to come back. But the things I'm most excited for, well... When LeBron signed with the Lakers, of course, I want to see every minute that he was on the court, right? So, of course, I'm excited to see LeBron. Anthony Davis, this is still the first year of AD in purple and gold. We still have AD's free agency ahead, which feels like a storyline from five years ago, but it's still right ahead of us. So, I'm excited for that. Alex Caruso, maybe he'll come back with a ponytail. You never know, right? I doubt it. I hope not, okay? (laughs) But Alex Caruso was playing very well, was getting more minutes. Right? Does Deion Waiters crack the lineup? And if so, can he finally replace Rondo's minutes? Probably not. Wishful thinking, right? But I'm curious to see. Can Kyle Kuzma readjust? Can he thrive in a bench role? Which is not something we've seen up to date in this season. He's had moments, but he has not had that consistent, sustainable level of play to it. So it's very interesting. There, are, those are those are three key components that I'm watching for, right? Or I should say, four: is LeBron and AD, Caruso, Rondo, Waiters. Does Markeith Morris get more minutes? Okay, he was starting to get a little bit more involved in the mix. And what does the crunch time lineup look like? Because we all know the Lakers can start one way, but it's about how the Lakers finish. What does the crunch time lineup look like? Because if I see Rondo out there ahead of Alex Caruso. And Rondo is a minus twenty-two, and Crusoe's a plus eighteen. And Rondo's in with two minutes left. I might lose my mind. Okay, and I know it's not always as simple as pluses and minuses. But if the Lakers are in it to win it for a championship this season, which I would certainly hope so, given everything that this season has entailed, given everything that has gone into constructing this team, and given everything that has gone into resuming the season, then it always has to be the best five on the floor, no matter what. This is when the Lakers, if they have not already, and I I feel as if they have, okay? But we'll see. If the Lakers have not truly embraced that Ubuntu mindset of that we over me, now's the time. And I'm curious to see Frank Vogel. Because if the Lakers come out of the gate and they're hot and they're ready to rock and they look like a favorite, it'll reflect very favorably on Frank Vogel, but he'll get zero credit. But if the Lakers come out slow and they look like their feet are in the mud and that they can't run up and down and they can't do this or that, it's going to reflect very negatively on Frank Vogel and he will get a substantial portion of the blame. Okay? So that's the reality. I am just stoked for Lakers basketball to be back. I am thrilled to be back on this podcast. I am thrilled that you guys are back and listening with me. As always, as always, keep the conversation going. Tweet me at Ethan Norov. Tweet us at Lakers. Follow Hoopball Tweets. Follow Hoopball Fantasy. Basketball is back, baby. Let's go. Let's go, Lakers. Let's go, Lakers. Until next time, we out. This has been a Hoopball presentation.